We want to talk about this morning something that I believe is uh, severely lacking in our society and has been for a long time, and that is the, the subject loyalty. And I know faithfulness is used a lot, but loyalty is a term I believe that is something that we have to familiarize ourselves with and to recognize that it's something that is who God is. And it's something that he looks for in the world. And so if God's looking for something, I want to be found by that something. Amen. And so loyalty is something that is, I believe it's something that we have to be uh, instructed on but it's something so entirely different than information. In other words, I can't just give you memorize A, B, C, D, and you become loyal. You can become faithful, but not loyal. And there, are, there is a difference between the two. And I'm not saying faithfulness is a weakness or it's weaker than. What I'm saying is loyalty and faithfulness are two different things. And faithfulness is something where you can be successful and it's beneficial. God is faithful. And faithfulness in context is, is something in, when we're talking about these two words, first and foremost, I want you to understand, there's a God definition and there's our definition. So faithfulness in our definition is not the same as God's. Loyalty in our definition is not the same as God's. So what I'm gonna try to do is get you just to understand there is a difference and, you know, it's like faithfulness. You can be faithful and be, you know, be somewhere, do something. But loyalty goes a whole different level and it includes a heart connection. Because you can be faithful to a job and hate your boss. Okay, two, two are shaking heads. The rest of you don't even want to say yes. Okay, I understand your boss is probably watching the live stream and they don't want to say you going, yeah, I agree, that's right. Okay, I get it. You're scared. Your check ends. But what we want to do is, is we want to look at loyalty because, again, it's something that when you're going through Scripture and you see certain terms and certain actions from God, it, it's something that I need to, we need to pay attention to because I believe in the area of being loyal, you go to a whole different level in life. Your walk, ministry family, everything. It takes you to a whole different dimension. It gives you a different outlook in life, a different perspective, which in the life of loyalty, I'm going to tell you right now, it is an empowerment that can get you and take you through places that majority of all the people on planet earth cannot handle. But a life of loyalty can. And I'll prove my point here. But what do we want to do is we want to pay attention to this because I believe it's, it's, it's placed in our heart to be that way, but there's challenges against loyalty. There's challenges with the area of being loyal. And I know a lot of people in here because there's a whole lot of people that are very faithful in, in what they're doing here at Love Life and their uh, ministry and stuff like that. But see... What I've seen in church, and I know church a lot, and leaders and people, and that is there's a tendency to be faithful in ministry, or let's say faithful in family, 
but not loyal because loyalty will include the whole family, not just your little clique, your little group. Faithfulness is youth ministry. There's nothing greater, but we don't want to help children's at all. I'm not saying our group does that. I'm saying that's the difference. Faithfulness takes a stand that you would look at and say, that's a good stand. But loyalty recognizes the importance of more than just you or your little group. And that's what I want us to see because I believe what happens is, is people can be faithful, but they have interference in life because they don't understand what it means to be loyal. And again, after we look through the scripture, I believe you're going to recognize this, see this, and it'll help you. It'll help you, I, I believe, even see scripture in a different light than the way you used to. And so this is something that will take you to the next level, but it's going to be up to you to get hold of this here. Remember, everything in scripture, everything seed being words, information, is going to be planted in ground. And like it or not, it's all there in front of us. You are ground. Now, what happens with that seed all depends on you. Not God, not church, not your wife, not your husband, not your kids, not auntie, not grandma, grandpa, not your boss, not your dog, certainly not your cat. It depends on you. So what do you want to do with this information? Because it's, it, everything in life depends on are you going to allow this to grow and mature and be successful? Or are you going to allow it to be interfered with and not produce? You are created to produce, by the way. You're created to produce. But it's up to you to do it. Amen? Y'all with me on this? Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. It runs back and forth all over throughout the whole earth. God's eyes are running throughout the whole earth, and it says to show himself strong. This is awesome, awesome scripture. To show himself strong on behalf to those hearts who are loyal to him. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's an Old Testament. No, that's a God testament. That's, that's not tied to a covenant. That's tied to God's looking right now for loyal people. It doesn't mean he's not looking for you, he's looking for you in a loyal position. Because what it does is it places you in an area that God says he's going to show himself strong in. I believe there have been some, sometimes in your life where you've been introduced to being loyal and you experience God being strong, but you didn't hold on to it. You didn't hold on to it. In other words, other things came in and, and crowded out that information and that experience. And I believe that though my whole heart about what we have in, in a life with being a follower of Jesus is, is that God isn't withholding back anything. You have the opportunity to be able to experience all his goodness, all the great things in the scripture. But what happens is, is because they are be, they, they're so unfamiliar, we're not used to them, we have the tendency to experience that and go, I like this, 
but we don't hold on to it. And see, character is built by what you hold on to. It's not built by, I can put my best foot forward and be all that to that person because I need this job. And then after you get it, after a month, they're like going, why did I hire that doofus? Why? Because that's what we can do. You can put that picture or that, that look, which should be you, in front of you that's not really there. And I don't want us to be that. See, that's what the church has been so good at for a thousand years or plus. Good at painting a picture of what we would like to be in a time of need instead of it being the picture on Monday morning when we wake up. And that's what we're striving for, amen? Y'all with me? All right. I hope you are because you guys are a tough crowd today. I don't know what happened on the way here. Maybe it's all the the camelback work or whatever, but y'all need to shake it off because I ain't putting up with this. So we get this word, let's get moving with it because I'm telling you right now, if you just heard what I said, I want God showing himself strong in me in life. And it's going to take a life of a loyal heart. Or maybe it's just the term loyalty you're freaking out on. No, the truth is society doesn't like the word loyalty. All you have to look is divorce rates. I don't even have to mention Christian. We're just as bad. But I mean, or or contract rate, uh, breaking contracts. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the statistics out there on the backing of proof. We don't want to be loyal. But we're followers of Jesus. It, it, it's got to be our second nature to be loyal. I Listen, I get it, guys. You, you, I've been doing this a while now. I know disloyalty. I know the people that look you straight in the face. I love you to the end and, and totally stab you in the back. It's because of the lack of understanding of disloyal. I, I can give you great pictures of loyalty in, in our church. I, I can show you three girls that are loyal. And if you watch their lives and experience any time around them, you'll recognize they're loyal. They're, you can't talk trash about this church. You can't tra- talk trash about me or my family. They won't allow it. And I'm talking about on Monday morning, they won't allow it. Not because they're in the church property. And, and if you're not careful, you go too far, they'll punch you. That's loyalty. Amen? The loyalty. And see, that's what I'm wanting. Not people fight for me. I can take this. I, believe me, I can handle anybody I need to. Uh, but the point is, is, I'm not looking for that per se. I'm looking for the heart that God loves in the area of loyalty. I mean, when I read this story, I've studied David so many years, so many years over and over and over, and it confounds me on his ability to stay faithful and completely loyal to Saul, who was an evil, deviant king. I mean, that wasn't even connected with God anymore. But because of David's picture of God's anointing upon Saul, He couldn't do anything bad against Saul. Even after Saul died, he would kill someone if they trash-talked Saul. And Saul was a monster. 
a monster. I mean, a terrible, terrible, terrible king. But David wouldn't do anything against him. He had opportunity to kill him a couple times and wouldn't do it. And you might be thinking, well, why would he do that? Well, because Saul was sending a whole nation to kill him, maybe? For years chasing after him to kill him? But David wouldn't do it. He wouldn't say a negative word. And he'd kill you. He'd attack you if you tried. See, that's a level of loyalty that we, we look at and we go, I don't get it. And I understand. But it's also a loyalty that Jesus had. I can guarantee you can look at him and go, I don't get it exactly. But because you don't get it doesn't mean that you can't live it. It's not my intention to say that loyalty we will be able to live in in a perfect state. And it's something that we, we, will, we will accomplish and be thoroughly walking in that picture of loyalty. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a hard issue, and it can be compromised, you can have challenges, but loyalty, when it's operated in, will overcome it all. Because believe it or not, loyalty is tied to love, and it's pretty powerful. So here, God's looking for a loyal heart. Right now, he is. And I want to show him loyalty. I want, to, I want him to be able to be looking, and, and, and this is the Hebrew and the Greek where he's just doing this. And it's not like, listen, if he's looking, that means it's not all everywhere. It's where he's got to find it. And I want his eyes to come over this way and stop right here. That's what I want for me personally. That's what I want. And I've seen him show himself strong on my behalf. When you, look, when you enter this property from now on, love life, listen to me out there, live stream. When you enter this property, I want you to recognize that this was God showing himself strong on my behalf. When you look at those buildings around us, that was God's self showing a little strong on my behalf. Believe it or not, it's completely because I'm loyal to him. And you're sitting in things because of that loyalty. Oh, I've had many, many, many times, many times I could have quit. And believe me, this, this isn't a job I ran to. It's something I ran from. I'm successful. I was successful out there. I still could be. I walk out, this door, walk out these doors and say, I'm not a pastor anymore. I guarantee you, I promise you, I will be successful. It's my loyalty to God. He isn't going to leave me hanging. Now, I'm not going to walk out these doors. So, some of you are getting a little scared right now. Don't prove it. We believe you. Y'all with me. I, listen. Notice that God said, loyal heart, not perfect heart. A perfect heart can't be found, period. Do you understand that? No such thing as a perfect heart. But a heart that has a desire to serve God and be loyal to him is what he's looking for. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have some scars. 
doesn't mean it doesn't have some cuts in it. Okay? Y'all got that? So the loyal heart doesn't mean perfect. Because a lot of us, we've had some broken hearts. Amen? And now you stand before God, and he's, he, that's not the issue. Can you be loyal? Amen? Because people, I'm telling you, it's, it's society trains disloyalty. Human nature, the flesh, attacks disloyalty. Get around people. Watch what happens. When normal communication with people is negative talk, not positive, negative. People spend most of their time in communication wanting to know gossip or evil. Not good things. We tend to lean into bad things. So it's amazing how bad things usually turn into disloyal talk, talking bad about spouses, talking bad about husband, talking bad about wife, talking bad about kids, talking bad about jobs, talking bad about church. It's, it's the nature, the sin nature, the flesh that pulls you to do that. And it's amazing. I'm talking about Christians right now. I know it's a little shocking and I know you guys don't do this, but there's a, whole lot of, there's a whole lot of Christians out there that do this kind of stuff. Ooh, nasty. But the truth is, you know, I'm touching on a lot of areas that you know you're guilty of, that we all have been guilty of. And we need to change that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you turn to the right or turn to the left, you ain't going to find perfect. And I know some of you think you are or you might assume you are. Because you can trash talk and tear down everybody, but yourself, you'll never engage in that type of judgment. Because you want God's love and grace, mercy. But everybody else, they deserve damnation. That's an ugly life to live, my friend, ugly life. So what we want to do is we want to change, fix things, right? That's why we do what we do. No one in here, I need this as much as you do. And we need to receive the instruction of the Lord. Amen? 1 Samuel 13, 14, For the Lord sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord sought out. Now, this is, this is when Saul did his, his ugly life. And God said, all right, I'm, I'm, I need another king. And so he looks for someone to take that position. How does he look? He looks for the heart that's like his. And God's heart is loyal. And so he finds David. And that's how David was chosen because he sought after, he looked for, he was looking for that loyal heart, that heart that was like his. And once he saw it, he chose David. Now, was David the perfect pit, pick? No. In the natural, no way. No way in the world was he the perfect pick, but he was God's pick. Please introduce that statement into your life. I'm not perfect, but I'm God's pick. Can you start doing that? I'm not perfect, but I'm God's pick. Because that's going to transform your life once you start realizing it. Wait a minute. God be using the weakest, the nastiest, the ugliest, um, the, the people that you would look at and say, they can't be the leaders, and he uses them. That's us. 
And I'm not saying you're the good, bad, or the ugly. So God's always looking for a loyal heart. Amen? Romans 5.8 says this. But God demonstrated his own love toward us. God demonstrates his loyal heart to us. In that while we were yet still sinners, in the position of sin nature, nasty, Christ died for us. Isn't that interesting? God demonstrates. See, that's what loyalty does. It demonstrates. It doesn't say, this is, this is what I, again, over the years, this is what you hear. This is what I am. I'm loyal. I'm faithful. But there's no demonstration. And loyalty is going to demonstrate its position. Be faithful and loyal. Be loyal to your wife, loyal to your husband. What does it require? Demonstration. Demonstration. Amen? Are you guys hearing this? That's what God did. He demonstrated it. Israel was told this in teaching your family. When God was laying down the, 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 the information for Israel, when they get into the promised land, he said this. This is pretty powerful. He said this. Faithfully obey all the commands I'm giving you. Love the Lord your God. Follow his directions and be loyal to him. Notice what it says. Follow directions Love the Lord your God and be loyal to him. See, I believe faithfulness follows instructions, but it doesn't mean you're loyal. I've had people that have been faithful that were very disloyal and found out later. I've seen it over the years. It's sad, but listen, I believe Judas was faithful, but disloyal. Are you guys hearing me? Are you hearing me? No, I mean, are you really hearing me? We need to be loyal. Amen? Faithfulness is important. I believe you can't be loyal without faithfulness. I believe that the two are, the, there's a requirement there. But you can be faithful without loyalty. Like I said, you, can be, you guys can go to your jobs all week and be faithful. You get there on time, you work, and you leave. But you're not loyal to that company. You, you work for Nike and you're going out buying Adidas. That's disloyal. You hear what I'm saying, though? That, that's the, the concept of what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying if you work for Nike, you can't buy Adidas. You can buy whatever you want. Psalm 78, 37 says this. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his promises. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his promises. Now let's reverse this statement. And this is Psalms talking about Israel. They were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his promises. Now reverse it. They were not faithful to his promises. Therefore couldn't get to loyalty. You see this? You can't be loyal and not be faithful. I'm just trying to help us. All right. I'm looking. Listen, if God's looking, I'm looking for loyalty. Because I have a large dream. I have a large vision, a large expectation for our church and the impact in this world from our church. But I also have a viewpoint of what a leader is required for a leader to fulfill what God's vision is. And it demands loyalty. 
And it's so sad because I can get faithful people and never get them to the place of being loyal. And it's so sad because loyalty is so mandatory for even your success in your marriage and your family. And people don't even want to see it because they have a problem with the word loyalty when it deals with someone else other than them. I'm going to be loyal to no one. I know. That's why you have the problems you have in your life. And until you understand it's something that God wants in our hearts, living a life that's loyal, I, I guarantee you, loyalty is something where it goes beyond the weaknesses and frailty of people. See, that can be loyalty to a crook, as a, a boss that's a crook. But the thing is, is I'm not being loyalty to the person. I'm being loyalty to the cause of my heart. That doesn't mean I'm going to engage in his dislawful behavior, but I'm going to go to a different level than what's normal. And this is what people have a problem with. We think we got to bail on everything. And that's why, again, you know, we have so many problems with, it's even in friendship. Once a friend loses a benefit from another friend, they're gone. That's disloyalty. Like I said, marriages, statistically, we can see that majority of marriages are disloyal. Are you guys hearing me? So we can't look at this like we don't need this. We need this. We all need this. Parents, my God, we need this for our children. Because why are kids be doing and becoming what they are? Because no there's no teaching on loyalty. There's no picture of loyalty. There's nothing they can look at that says, I'm loyal. They hear disloyalty. They see disloyalty. They, it's communicated in the house. And then we demand, we want our kids to be loyal to us. I'm, listen, hear me. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. It's just like when scripture says, if you don't train up a child scripturally, they're going to come and say, I hate you. You don't know how many times I've seen Christians literally smirk at me. And a few years later, I swear this is the truth. Have them crying in front of me because their teens are saying, I hate you. And I wanted to say to them, why did you smirk at me when you were, they were kids? Acting like I didn't know what I'm talking about. You don't know how many times this happens. It's so frustrating. We can't be that. Amen? Loyal to the end. Amen? Loyal to the end. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Never let go of loyalty. Never let go of loyalty. Never. This, this Hebrew word is hased. It means steadfast love, unfailing love, no matter the circumstances, right or wrong. That's what's needed in marriage. I said, that's what's needed in a marriage. Are you guys with me or not? I told you I wasn't going to put up with your lack of connection. So you better connect, amen? So steadfast love, never let go of steadfast love and failing love, no matter the circumstances, right or wrong. That's loyalty. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And faithfulness. 
it says, never let go of loyalty and faithfulness. Faithfulness is amen. That's actually the Greek word, amen. Faithfulness means firmness, a certainty, dependable, true, enduring. Now notice the difference. There's no really major heart connection in that sense. Like I said, people can be faithful, but not loyal. And you can see because loyalty plays out in the tough times. Like I said, I'm doing this a while. We're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary this year. 25 years. And we got some plans ahead for that day. So 25 years, you get to know people, right? You get to learn about them. I'm talking about church, not my ministry, but being pastor of Love Life. Started this, and this is where we're at right now, 25 years. So when you, when you go through this process, you get to see this, the turnaround and the, and the action of human nature quite a bit. Thousands of people, by the way, thousands. And so it's, it's rough. But I have seen a lot of diamonds in the rough. Amen? I have seen some faithful and some loyal people, and I'm so grateful for them. But I'm expecting... When God brings his eyes over love life, that it's not a quick glance. That he comes and he starts going, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, right there, right there, there's one, there's one, there's one. And he's like going, I don't even have to keep looking at the world. I'll just look right here at love life. That's what I want to happen. Amen? Are you guys agreeing with that? All right. Praise God. That's what I'm expecting. All actions of loyalty defined by people, we need to look at God's loyalty definition. And we find that in scripture. Proverbs 21, 21 says, he who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. Isn't that cool? The person who pursues loyalty finds life righteousness and honor. That's powerful. Isn't that? Listen, I, this is what I want to happen. I want you to be able to go to work on Monday or if it's Sunday, whatever, Sunday night or whatever you do, and your life and outlook is changing. And that experience is impacting the, the, what work you do. That's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting you to be able to go home and it impact your family. I'm wanting you to be able to take this information and it impacts your children, your marriage, because you start seeing people through your new perception. And people want change. People want better, better marriage, better family, better. We want the better, but the problem is, is most times we're looking through a tainted view of life. And when that tainted view we're looking through affects how we react to those circumstances, situations. When they get cleaned off and the picture of loyalty comes in, all of a sudden we see differently because this heart becomes more engaged in a God way. And it says, I know 
she screwed up. I knew they blew it. I know they messed up. I know that. But loyalty demands a different reaction. That's all I'm saying. I don't want you to predefine that or try to go through this process right now. I want you to understand that something that once we engage in it, once you're operating in it, you grow in the understanding of loyalty. It doesn't happen overnight. You receive God's love the moment you ask Jesus. You say, Jesus, come in my life. The fullness of God's love came in your life. But y'all know you don't even have a clue what that is. But you still have it. You still have God's love. And I know you go out there and, man, they construction people and people cutting you off and you all hating and everything. You still got God's love. I'm telling you right now, you still have God's love. But what's happening, that love is a still, there's got to be that identifying with it and the growth and maturing of that understanding. And all of a sudden, that cutoff is, is all right, praise God, you just got to get somewhere quicker. I'm talking to myself right now. I don't know. I, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm just talking to myself right now. I'm trying to help myself right now. Is it working? I don't know. And I don't want to find out right now. <laughs> Are you guys getting this? All right. We're going to look at three teens uh, in Scripture. In the Old Testament, you'll know them as Shadrach and Benny. All right. And if you're thinking, I've never heard of Shadrach and Benny. Well, then you know you don't know VeggieTales. Or you don't have any kids that grew up on VeggieTales. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You probably know those three names. Or if I say the three kids in the fiery furnace, then you'd be going, oh, I know that story. That's Shadrach and Benny. All right, just so you know that. But these Hebrew kids were thrown in the fiery furnace, and that's the main story. But I want us to look at their story. Okay, because it's very powerful. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to just do what I do. I mean, I got time, but if I go through reading scriptures and go through that, it takes so much time. So I'd rather just go for it because I know the stories anyway. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Hebrews, teens, by the way. They were taken captive from the nation Babylon. Babylon went and destroyed Israel. And they, a nation that fought another nation and destroyed them would always take the most prominent people, the people of the highest education, and so on and so forth, as well as slaves. But they really focused on those that could help in the development of their nation. So kings would understand that. So the tendency was, is they would make sure they took the prime group of every nation that they attacked. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Shadrach and Benny, were teenagers in families that they went to private school, they had, you know, the highest level jobs. These teens, you know, they probably had a car already and they didn't even have a permit. You know, those kind of families. You're like going, dude, man, I wish I was that. Or I wish your, I wish your mom and dad was my mom and dad. Did you ever think that once? Any time in your life, did you ever think that? I did. I had a friend that, his, his, that, that their parents were from Germany, but his dad had a prosperous job. They had a built-in pool. They had everything, toys, everything, nice stuff. 
And I always thought, man, I would love to have you parents as my parents. I don't like his parents. They were mean. They were rough. They burped when they ate. But man, they got the toys. The pool, everything was awesome. So I was wanting them only for the things they could give. So that wasn't really, you know, a real statement. But anyway, it was life, okay? So Shadrach and Benny are teenagers. Now think, I want you to process, because this is what I do. We read the stories of the Bible and we lose sight of truth. And in this story, I want us to look at the connection, which I believe is our responsibility to do. Because what we can't do is we can't do, uh, speed over a story just so we can read the story. Shadrach and Benny are teenagers. Do teenagers have dreams? Oh my gosh. Listen, I know how to freak out a teenager. Christian teens. You know what I do? Speak end times. It's in the Bible. It's truth. Jesus is coming back. But I can tell you, not rarely is there one teen going, come Lord Jesus. Now, is it because they have a bad heart? No, not at all. Is it because they're sinning? No. Well, yeah, but no. The truth is, is they have dreams. They, they want to drive. They, they want to have this. They want this and they want that. And they have all this picture of what they would love to have. And then all of a sudden, pastor comes in and says, Jesus is going to take you out of this place. And then I go, wait a minute. I'm not even married yet. I, I, I'm, I'm following the word of God and pastor. That means no sex. I want to do some sex one time. Oh, like, yeah, you guys weren't that way. Whatever. I wasn't a Christian my whole life, so I'm not talking about me. But... Like, uh, uh, I mean, Christian kids, that's where they should be. They should be in the place where one day I'm going to get married and then I can do that thing that everybody says is awesome. It's true, but you can also see a lot of unawesome in people that decide to do it early and all of a sudden they, they be living, you know, not good lives. And some of you have experienced that. I'm not here to try to t talk down to you. I'm just saying, y'all know the facts. We all do. Having a kid at 15 is different than having a kid at 28. Don't tell me it isn't. Don't tell me things wouldn't be better. You know it would be. But I get it. I understand that. All I'm saying is, is there are all kinds of things that we wish and want, and it's, it's nothing wrong with that. And these teens, I have no doubt, had great dreams and visions of what they wanted to accomplish in their future. But all of a sudden, they're taking captivity, not for what they did, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just teens. Their parents have messed up. Their parents have disregarded God. Their parents have been disloyal to God. Their grandparents, their family above them have messed up, and now it's caused a mess in their lives. Am I talking to society right now? Exactly. And what happens is now they are being taken captive to teenagers. into a place that is nothing that they expected for their lives. Nothing. Culture shock. We don't look at these pictures. We just look at the story, read through the Bible. Okay, we're done. You ain't getting nothing. We need to start slowing down and thinking, what is going on right now? Because I can tell you right now, if I'm Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, 
I ain't liking this. I'm looking at my parents' disregard for taking time and worshiping God. And right now, I'm standing behind them going, I was reading my Bible. Why am I going to captivity? I was talking to God like you guys said. Why am I going to captivity? Why am I now a slave? I don't deserve this. But it's what happened. And they're in Babylon. It's not their language. It'd be like you going to bed tonight and waking up in North Korea. Hallelujah. How would you like that? How, what would you feel? Culture shock. But I'm not talking about vacation. I'm not talking about for the weekend. I'm talking about for years and years and years you're staying there. How would you like that? You wouldn't be going, all right, it's good. Because no one would have understood you. You're in Babylon. You can't worship God. This is a polytheistic nation. That means worshiping a whole lot of different gods. We're monotheistic, monotheism, which means we worship one God. This is our theology stuff, whatever. Anyway, so they go into Babylon and they're worshiping everything. But you can't worship one God as only one God. You can worship anything. They don't care if they worship God, but you can't say he's the only one. What, what is it? They don't allow loyalty. That's the society and culture that I'm seeing today. They don't want loyalty. And that's what these teens are walking into, a place of disloyalty all over. And anything goes. And here they are kept prisoners. They didn't deserve it. All three have made a commitment. That includes Daniel, but he's not in this story. He will be a little bit. I'll, I'll mention his name since we do Daniel fast. But the point is, is these teens, there's a reckoning going on. What are they going to do? See, this ain't their problem, but it is now. It's not their fault, but they're living in it. It's rough, huh? And all of a sudden, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, says, I need... I need the best and the brightest because that's the only ones that are going to come in my palace and serve me. So the king's leaders go out and pick the best and the brightest. And we're talking about, it, he makes statements that they got to be at this tribe, this group. He's saying, I only want these best. I want the best of the best around me. I don't want, I don't want losers. And so they go out and they find, and Shadrach, Benny, and Daniel are all picked. He was a teen too. And they're all picked. I know the movies and pictures picture Daniel with this massive beard and this old guy. Nah, not true, not true. It's a lie. But anyway, moving right along. So they go in and they find these guys. They pull them out and say, we got some. And so the king says, okay, feed them my way. Feed them my way. Because see, what they do is they believe in the food and their gods, plural. And in that food and the wine and all the things that they have, they believe that that influences people to become wiser. 
stronger, gives them greater ability over the normal people. So he says, feed them the king's delicacies. Feed them what I eat. Because again, they worship this stuff. Freaky, but y'all know when you got all these gods, you worship rocks, pyramids, fruit loops. I mean, no, really, you, you, it's freaky what people do. And so now they're lay out before this is massive spread that you all know if love life there, we're eating everything. But we're also talking about even food that as far as their dietary laws, they can't eat. So there's pork chops, there's ham, there's some good ribs cooking on the corner over there. Y'all know you being tempted. It, I'm being tempted right now and it's, it's getting close to lunch. I can even smell that smoked brisket. All right, moving right along. Oh, brisket's good. You can eat brisket. Okay. I can smell that smoke. Okay. So all of a sudden, that's laid out before them, and, and the teens do this. This is what happens. They look at this, and they go, what are we going to do? And I believe this. I believe both, all of them got together and go, I'm in a dilemma. We're living here. Look at this laid out before us. I mean, I'm salivating, guys. And I believe they looked at each other and said, you know what? If we eat that, the king can say, I made you wise. I made you successful. And they told the guy that told them, this is what you eat. They told him, please, we can't do this. Give us what we would like to eat, what we feel is right, and I promise you we'll be good. We will be smart. We will be wise. It will happen. Loyalty comes out. And the guy was so scared, like he's going, man, he'll kill me and my family. And they said, we promise you, give us 10 days. 10 days. That's all, just 10 days. And he thought, oh, the king don't come around here for weeks. I can do 10 days. This is what's happening, people. I'm helping you on these stories. So he sets apart just the vegetables, the soey, all the things that we do on Daniel Fast. And they feed on that for 10 days. And all of a sudden, they come in and make, you know, bring all the people together. And they recognize that Shadrach and Benny and Daniel look strong, look powerful. And they start communicating to them and realize that these guys are amazing. And literally, when they're brought before the king, the king recognizes throughout all the wisest people that have been partaking of this food. And then you got Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Bendigo. And he says, they are not more smarter, more powerful, not two times better than anybody else, 10 times better. The eyes of the Lord saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're staying loyal to God. And God's power came on them that made them 10 times smarter 
than the rest of the wise people. Ten times stronger than the rest of them. When I look at these, I recognize that when you look at the truth tied to this, you will see that there's a responsibility we have that says, you know what? I could do it their way and get their results and they get the praise, or I can do it my way, submitting to God, staying loyal to him. I'm going to surpass them and he gets the praise. And see, this is a reality we need to understand. Because see, a lot of times we're, again, I, I, I don't fault anybody. I understand this flesh nature. But what we got to realize is, is it, this ain't you doing the good in your life. You think it is, but it ain't you. Because I've seen it fall. I've seen all the people get there and they, they just ain't make it. All of a sudden they get some success and they start popping themselves up and getting all prideful. Fall comes. I mean, it, they just, I'm telling you all the time. But when they recognize it's because of God, it's because of what God has done in my life, and I make sure to let other people know, hey, me, hey, God's, God's doing this, God's wisdom. Why is that important? Because if it's doing it for me, he can do it for you. And so it ain't all about me where, yeah, it's me, I'm clean, I'm all good. No, it's my God does great things because I'm loyal to him. Make him your God. He'll do great things. Be loyal to him. And that's something we have to get hold of. Amen? Get hold of that. So that made, guys, that made God's eyes stop. That, that position that they stood in and said, you know, we're going to stay. Ten times more capable than any other, of the, any other people in the entire kingdom. That is awesome. The next thing that happens to them is they get... Promoted. Now follow this principle. You stood for God. You're loyal to him. You overcame. You're successful. The next stage is what? God promotes. God takes you to another level. This is usually where I see a lot of major failure in people's lives, especially in leadership. People, they'd be faithful and they're there and doing everything they can. All of a sudden they get elevated, title, and they become, you know, the wicked witch of the West. I mean, they, they change. Titles all of a sudden turn them into scary monsters. It's amazing what happens. Because the problem with anything in the kingdom of God, hear this. And this is the complete truth about everything about being in this earth right now. Identity amplifies. Further you go, identity amplifies. And if the identity is weak, amplification becomes greater weaknesses. So if they were faithful and faithful and faithful, but they got promoted and they have a weak identity, what happens is, is being faithful and being, you know, in that position of getting things done and everything, all of a sudden a promotion comes and a title, title means now you're wanting people to recognize Understanding a leadership recognizes the higher you go, the more servant you are. But see, I can tell you right now, that, that doesn't happen a lot. That's most of the time, oh, I wish it would, but most of the time I got to deal with leaders a lot because title comes, they, now they want people to bow. I'm a leader. I'm anointed. More spiritual than you. 
right? I, I got a title. I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. And they start getting freaky, thinking they walk on water now. And the only reason why is only because of identification. They need the empowerment over you to make themselves feel better. Jesus said, the greatest leader, the most powerful leader is the greatest servant. You can't serve, you can't lead. You can't serve, you can't lead. It's a fact. So success comes. They're promoted. They got power in the kingdom. Now you think loyalty would sustain them to everything's going to be perfect now. But it doesn't work that way, does it? Not in life. All of a sudden, promotion comes. Now we're going to have a testing on loyalty in the area of promotion. And that's what everybody has. You get that promotion. You get that next level. And guess this? I'm just speaking out of 25 years. Or just love life. I'm not talking about my previous ministry years of dealing with people. I'm just talking about love life. This is what I see most of the time. Promotion comes, and everything they did before promotion starts becoming lacking. They were at church before all the time. All of a sudden, they're not there as much. Promotion. They took vacation they'd miss, but now they miss all the time. Promotion. When the money starts flowing, the commitment to God becomes less. I guarantee, I swear this is truth. Because I know when things go bad, you come to church more. Everybody does. Nature. When all of a sudden you need God to bless you now, now finances, you need more money. You need, you need now. You need. And now it's, God, I'll serve you. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be committed. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear it, you know, thousands of times. But see, loyalty will keep you from being that person. Because all of a sudden you ain't changing. Oh, I got more money, but I'm the same person. Why? Because God's first. Loyalty. I'm not going to be disloyal because money came in my life. But it's sad. I know it's an issue, and we get a few claps, but it, right now I'm, I'm getting close to people's lives. This is usually what happens. It doesn't, this isn't a statement of condemnation or a guilt statement. It's a statement of reality. And when you hear things like the Bible and they start revealing things, you go, I was almost getting caught in that. I can't, I'm not going to allow it. That's right. That's when you start walking a different walk. You recognize, realize. Or you blow it off and say, I'll do whatever I want. You'll still be a statistic. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. You got to stay committed even in the time of success. Amen. Stay committed. Stay faithful. Stay just as hungry. Stay just as committed. Stay just as focused. Stay kingdom priority first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Promotion comes in. God ain't sought first anymore. It's all the things you can do with your new money. It, all it does is amplify who you really are. Fix it. I mean, we all don't like to be shown that. I, there are times when, and I've learned this principle years and years ago, we don't know the real anybody until you get bumped. And then when you get bumped, what comes out? That is the real you. Not the praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
I haven't got bumped yet. But when you bump me, it's go, what the hell? Well, see, you could play it. You could play the game, but when the bump happens, the real you come out. And then we, we know that. Y'all know that. Some of you got bumped this week. You're like going, ah, oh, guilty. But I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying you're rotten. I'm just saying you know it's true, right? All right. I've been bumped and I was not proud of what came out. I'm not saying I was throwing out some F-bombs, okay? So don't look at me that way. Y'all look at me like, what was he doing? He's so bad. Listen, this happened 30 years ago. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. I wish, man. Sometimes I can get bumped going to fries. To where I don't even go to fries anymore. Go to bashes. Just so I don't get bumped. Because hardly anybody goes to bashes now. <laughs> I'm just dealing with me. I'm talking about me right now. Y'all good. All right. So we have, to, we have to be very cautious in the area of position. Amen? Hey, like I said, nothing tests the heart more than promotion. Nothing. And I know there's quite a few in here. You've been, going, you've been getting promotion. I'm not saying you're a bad person. So don't take that unless you need to hear it. Not that you're bad, but you need to hear some wake-up calls. Because you don't want to get in that position. Amen? You just don't. You don't want to be in that position. You own your life. You drive your life's vehicle. Amen? Don't let the other things drive it for you. Listen, money can never raise your kids. It can affect them, but it will never raise them. Okay? All right. Just trying to help people out there. Here, in the midst of success, this is an amazing story right here. The kids are doing their thing. They're staying faithful. They're loyal to God. It's a mess, but they're learning. Y'all know you can't think that they hadn't had thoughts of, God, this is not easy. And I don't like, I would rather be in my own home bed. I'd rather be in my hometown. I'd rather be playing games with my friends. I'd rather be going to the same school. They don't have any of that, people. This is a, a new normal for them. And it's not good, but it's their life now. And all of a sudden, the prophet Jeremiah, everybody knows this dude. I mean, this guys he's, he's God's mouthpiece. He sends them a letter. It's a scripture we love. For I know the thoughts I think toward you. And it's a scripture that we like to quote, we like to talk about, and it's so powerful because in this statement, God's saying, I got plans, I got a dream for you, I got success laid out before you. Don't you think you know what I'm thinking? I'm telling you how I think. I got good thoughts on you. And we love that scripture. We're like going, yeah, 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 yeah. But let me tell you, the words before that were these. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not that his, their names were in there, but they're reading it. I want you to know that the Lord says, God's going to deliver Israel, but not you guys. It's going to be later on. 
Can you, all right, so now you be loyal to God. You've been standing loyal with God. All of a sudden, the prophet speaks and he goes, you're going to stay where you're going to be. This is it. This is the new normal now. You're going to live in Babylon. Dude, God, dude, I've been serving you. I'm loyal to you. I didn't eat the pork chops. Everything I've done is because I'm loyal to you. And now you bring in prophet Jeremiah on, he'd be writing letters and you saying, I have to stay here. And the letter goes on and says this. But these are the thoughts I have toward you. Now all of a sudden, Shadrach and Benny are now hearing God saying, I get it. It's a mess and it's not your fault. But know this, I got a plan for you right now. You got success waiting for you right now. Big things for your life right now. Dream bigger than you ever dreamt before right now. In Babylon, you need to start recognizing that I am the God of you. You are the servants of mine. You are loyal to me. You've got a great future and a great life before you in Babylon. See, we've been living in Babylon going, ain't nothing good happening here until I get out. And God be saying to us right now, you've been in Babylon right now. You better start praising the Lord. You're in Babylon right now. You better start recognizing that it has great plans for you now. But he also communicates this. In context, get rid of your dreams. My dreams are bigger. Get rid of your dreams because you're laying the dreams on specific actions that have to take place. If I do this, if I get out of here, if I don't live here, if I move here, if I do this, if I do that, if I choose her, if I choose him, and we'd be picking our dreams, picking our dreams, picking our dreams, and God goes, you want my success? You want my eyes to stop on you? Then you better be loyal to him. Loyal to me means that my ways are better than your ways. Amen? My ways are better than your ways. All of a sudden, what happens? Success continues. And they're like going, we're loyal to you, God. We believe that. And we're, we're, we're going to do this. And God tells through Jeremiah, he says, pray for Babylon. Speak well over Babylon. Confess good over. I mean, come on. Are you crazy? These are my enemies. I'll be, they'd be talking Jesus language right now. Do good to your enemies. Pay their bills. Feed them. Clothe them. You're like going, no, I don't know that, Jesus. I haven't read that, or you don't want to read it. Those are some of my favorite scriptures. Not. But anyway, the point, the point is, is this. What happens is, is they're loyal, but everything on the outside doesn't turn perfect. And all of a sudden, Babylon rises its ugly head and says this. Bow to me. And this is the big one. Because when you're walking loyal, you're going to be challenged. Are you hearing me? You're going to be challenged in the area of the flesh, food, clothes, cars. You're going to be challenged in the area of success, promotion, power, authority. You're going to be challenged in these areas. But loyalty will get you through them and continue to take you on a uphill climb in the kingdom of God. And as you're walking this climb, all of a sudden you're thinking, man, 
Things are going good. We're doing good. We're in power. We were slaves. Now we're empowered. We're with the king. We hang out with the king. We're doing what we got a good life here. And that's what God said. Things are going to be good. But all of a sudden, there's evil in the midst of this kingdom. And that evil doesn't like you to prosper. That evil doesn't like you to be successful. That evil doesn't want you to get to the position of power. So all of a sudden, they start conniving and scheming and trying to steal, kill, and destroy what you've been doing and going upward. And then they get into the king's ear and try to get him in a position where he makes a rule of law that says everybody must bow when the image is lifted up before Babylon. When the music sounds, when the hits drop, everybody run to the dance floor. And all of a sudden, the image rises. And now the boys have to do, determine, do they bow? Everybody else is. I mean, wouldn't it be easy? I mean, if we bow, we really don't mean it. I mean, see, I believe faithfulness can make excuses. But loyalty demands loyalty. I mean, my wife was mean all week. Faithfulness. But loyalty says, but she's my wife. She's my husband. I mean, he's my husband. My bad. <laughs> Different city. All right. <laughs> So all of a sudden we have, we have a picture that's totally different because now the boys have to hear this. If you don't bow, you burn. Now it's death. They look at each other and they're like going, guys, we got every excuse to be mad at God right now because why are we here? What do, why would we be put in this position God, are you even there? They had every, every, every thought going through their mind, I believe, that was saying, this just isn't right. Every time we do good, it seems like it gets worse. But they stuck to their guns because that's what loyalty does. It's not going to bow. It's not going to get to a position of, of compromise. It isn't going to sit there and go, yeah, but no one's looking or pastor ain't here. We do what we want to do. And it ain't going to do that. That's not what loyalty does. Loyalty doesn't live that way. Loyalty recognizes it's a response between me and my God. And me and my God is a response to his word. And his word is a response to the teachings that I'm hearing. Am I going to bow or am I going to obey? And so they determine, guys, we stand or we die. And I guarantee you, they talked amongst themselves. What are you going to do, Shad? Oh, Benny, you know, I've been thinking about it. It's scary. But I love God more than anything. And Shad probably turned to Benny and said, I do too. What about you, Rack? Well, I've been thinking of changing my name. I don't like Rack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been thinking on this a lot. And I don't see a way out. I, I'm not going to bow. God is good. And if, if we have to die, so be it. And I believe Shad and Benny and they're all looking at themselves and saying, you know what? 
I believe that, but I also believe God's will is he'll deliver us because he's done nothing but deliver us in this life. So I believe he'll deliver us. And all of a sudden, the music sounds and everybody bows except those kids. King looks over and sees them standing and says, dude, because he's come to love them. And he says, you guys bow. Just bow, man. I know you serve God, but just bow. This idol's important. It's important for us to all do it. Just bow. Just do it a little bit. Just, just a little, just do a little bow. And, I mean, they might even think you're still dancing because the music is playing. Just, 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 just bow. And all of a sudden, they go, no, we can't. The king goes a second time, please, guys. You're going to die. Bow. And they wouldn't. So he can only do one thing because all eyes are on him. The furnace is blowing hot. The, his servants go up to turn that thing, get it even hotter. And they die on the way up. Now, I'm not Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I'm seeing all of a sudden that guy becomes, you know, a, a matchstick. I'm like going... Or we could bow. <laughs> ah, what's a little knee to the ground? We'll pop up real quick. It'll be like, yeah, a new dance move. Boom, dun, dun, dun. And they see that. I, listen, that's, that's really trying loyalty, isn't it? And the king goes, you guys are going in. Bow. And they said, no. But king, hear us. We can't bow. We're loyal to our God. And if you deliver us, which you're going to, we're not going to bow. But we believe our God is far more important to us than bowing to your idols. And even if we go and God doesn't deliver us, we're not bowing. In the Hebrew, it actually means this. King, even if our God didn't deliver us, but we know he will. That's the Hebrew. Even though he wouldn't deliver us, but we know he will. We're not bowing. That's loyalty. That's powerful. And they throw him in, and that's where we get the beautiful story of the fourth man in the fire, Jesus himself, the pre-incarnate Christ, jumps in that fire with those three teenagers. Can you imagine the time they had? Because he didn't show himself until they're in the midst of the fire. There are a lot of times when you can feel the heat and you're getting to the place where you're going to get burned. But because of God's favor on your life, you're not even experiencing it. You can see it all. You can smell it all. You can smell the burnt flesh. It's all there. Everything ugly's there. But because of your commitment and loyalty to God, you're walking right on in. They're literally walking in this place 
and Jesus is with them. And all of a sudden, the king's like going, you guys, who's that? who is that in there? Is that, that looks like the son of God. Come out of there. Shadrach, Meshach, Medigo. Shadrach, Medigo, come out now. Can you imagine them? I'm like going, I ain't coming out. This is too cool. This is Jesus here. I ain't come. I want, to hang, I want some hang time with him. I want to just hang out. We're just, you know, we're doing some DMs right now. And so they're totally loving it, but the king's like going, come out. So, you know, I, I bet Jesus said, go guys, go on out. And they come walking out of that place. They don't even smell like smoke, the Bible says. The loyalty of God, our loyalty to him, takes you to the fire and you don't even smell the burn. You can overcome. You can win. Success can belong to yours. Families change. Marriages change. Life change. Job change. All tied to loyalty. Like I said, loyalty is a commitment. It's a walk, and it's a walk of maturity. It starts with, I promise you, this week, you're going to get challenged in the area of loyalty. Listen to what I'm saying. You're going to get challenged because the message is clear. You're going to get challenged. The message is clear. But guess what? Here's your opportunity in that small time to be able to stand strong and go, you know what? I'm not falling for it. I got Shadrach and Benny in my head. I'm not going to fall for it because they're going to, listen, you're going to get tried. You're going to get tempted. Think about what I said. Think about what we heard. Think about the story and realize that God's eyes, he probably came to this. Here I am. Here's the challenge. Here's the position. Do I stay loyal or not? And all of a sudden, God's like going, all of a sudden you go, no, I will not do that. God goes, boom, stops right there. Bam, puts his power on your life. And you walk through that challenge empowered. Now you've got greater power in you, wisdom in your life, just in a higher level, all because you said, today's the day when I take a stance and stay loyal to my one true God. Hallelujah. Praise the God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that as the word goes forth, it goes forth with power and might. This truth is what sets us free because we are going to apply the information. We don't just hear the word, we do the word. That's what love life does. So, Father, I thank you that as every person that has heard the words of my mouth, in here and out there, that they have made a decision that today they start walking this journey of loyalty. They're committed and submitted to it and recognizing the importance of it, not only for their lives, but for their family. Not only just for their family, but for our nation. Not only just for our nation, but for the world. It's time for the life of loyalty to rise itself up and to become a major impact on this earth. If you have not received Jesus in here or out there in the live stream, here's your opportunity to enter in this walk and live loyal to the God that was loyal to you. For while we are all sinners, Christ died for us. His great love in which he loved us Jesus died. That is loyalty in demonstration. God is loyal to you. 
Let's be loyal to him. Receive Jesus in your life. Receive him right now and be loyal to God from this day forward. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I receive you in my life right now. I thank you for bringing God's love into my heart. Thank you, Lord, for changing my life because today, right now, I am a part of your family because you live in me and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed a prayer in here first time, just lift your hands. I have something for you. If you prayed that prayer out there for the first time, touch that button, let us know, write us. We'd be grateful to get you information, help you on your new walk. Either way, our focus and desire is for your success. And so let's go out there for the kingdom of God and God's glory. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya.